It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome in to another episode of On the Clock. I am your host, Brett Whitefield, and today we are joined by the Robin to my Batman, and that's Chris Black. Chris, welcome wow. to the show again. What's going on? I've come up with new creative ways to introduce you because of all the times you're on. I know, it seems like you made that decision right right then and there. You weren't ready for it. It just popped into my head as I was starting my sentence, so there we go. There we go. That might, be, you know, you know what though, the listeners might consider that a little demeaning to you. So maybe we won't go, Robin. We'll go. You're the Iron Man to my Bruce Banner. How about that? You, you go with Bruce Banner. Hulk. I'm the Hulk. You're you're Iron Man. Yeah, that's fair. That works. That we were more like on equal playing field there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that actually fits our personalities pretty well. You're the muscle, and I'll and I'll be yeah. the the brains. Yeah, there we go. Although Bruce Banner's a pretty smart guy too. I'm more of permanently locked in Hulk than than Bruce. Banner. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we're at the time. We're at the the point of the draft process where you know all the evaluations are pretty much done. We've talked about a lot of prospects, and we'll continue talking prospects. But it, it's kind of getting down to the nitty gritty where there's a lot of rumors starting to happen. You're starting to get a clearer picture of what's going to go down in the first round, and we've been waiting for Peter Schrager's first mock draft. And so we're going to do a lot of reacting to mock drafts probably from here till the draft. But Schrager's was important because, I don't know, he's got a a really interesting track record of predicting chaos. He's not the most accurate mock drafter by any means, but he does have a knack for predicting crazy scenarios and crazy trades. His His second one, his second mocks are usually much more accurate than the first ones, whereas the first ones are the crazy scenario stuff. Yes, and he. So I think the year Golf and Wentz went, he predicted both of those trades, which is. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so did Chris Collins with at PFF, but like only two guys in the business that did that. That that was like think about how crazy it was to predict that both those teams came out of nowhere to get to one and two to pick quarterbacks. So to actually predict that is crazy. So I know a couple of years ago he didn't have as much success, but Schrager, he, people wait for his mocks because they do have the the crazy element to it, and he's really good at predicting it. So figure we will break some of this down, kind of give our thoughts. So let's get started. Right out of the gate, pick one. He's got the – he's not doing anything crazy with pick one. I think everyone's kind of feeling Bryce Young as the first overall pick at this point. Does that surprise you at all, Chris? Nope. Uh it is crazy. A week ago, we were discussing how it seemed like no one other than Stroud was going to be mocked as the first QB, and now we've totally flipped a week ago. Yeah, with all of the posturing and smoke from both Houston and Indianapolis, this makes sense, actually. Yeah. You know, we, maybe we should have interpreted that as they realized Bryce isn't going to be there at two. So that's right. why there's all this, you know, the shroud around those picks. So, But now that Bryce is the clear, seems like the clear guy at one, now, granted, there's still time. You know, I think that kind of allows us to start to build out the rest of the board here. And right at pick two, he does the first crazy thing. And I've been having a hard time wrapping my mind around this. He has the Colts trading inner division with the Houston Texans to grab CJ Stroud. On one hand, this makes a lot of sense to me because I think everyone in the world knows Stroud is not going to be a Houston Texan. 
because of the, the agent situation. David Mulgetta also represents Deshaun Watson. I think there's a mutual disinterest there in those parties joining forces. So that makes sense. The, the, the Texans don't want to tr- draft Stroud, so they'll trade out. But to do it with the Colts is the part that's got me scratching my head. Like, I don't know. Uh, have we ever seen that before? A, an interdivision trade that leads to a team getting their franchise quarterback? That just seems crazy to me. Yeah, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Although, I mean, if they're not sold on Stroud being a guy, wouldn't wouldn't you want your division rival to take a QB that you don't think is is a is a smash pick? Well, I, see, that's the trouble with the the Mulligetta situation is we don't actually know how t- the Texans feel about Stroud. They might like Stroud, but I I think, I, I think uh, Lance Sirline, I'm pretty sure it was him, has said that they're they're split on Stroud inside okay. the organization, owner and GM, head coach, etc. It is convenient, though, to say that you're split on a guy when you're probably not drafting him. Right. But I don't know. I'm not saying they are or aren't. I just – so I don't know. That that's, um In this mock, he's got, what, DeForest Buckner and the fourth overall pick going to Texan, the Texans for number two. I actually like the – I like that trade for the Colts. I like not giving up future capital. Yeah, it's not even – that's Buckner's not enough from the Texans. Yeah. Yeah, Buckner's a very high – price player and he's probably played his best football already so yeah not that he's still a great player but it's just you know um all right we'll we'll move on pick three arizona cardinals going will anderson jr there's no there's shot no, the, the, the there's no shot the cardinals are staying at three i don't think they're picking at three well does that trade it up to two though like affect them no, because I think we, we've known this, that we had the order flipped, Stroud and Young, for a while. But yeah. there's there's just no reason for the Cardinals to pick at three. They have so many holes, particularly on defense. Like I, I'm, I'm, If you look at the starting depth chart for the Cardinals defense, I'd be surprised if most people can name more than two, two guys outside of like Buda Baker and um, Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I if I agree, they need to trade out. There's, they have no business making this pick here. Yeah, um, the interesting thing about Will Anderson specifically is I've heard from a lot of teams that they don't have him as edge one, and he's kind of been billed as this blue chip guy, which he never scored as a blue chip player for me, so that doesn't surprise me. But uh, you know, he's been billed in the community as this guy who's like a can't miss edge prospect. He's the best edge guy in a long time. He's, I just flat out think that's not true. I think he's closer to Aiden Hutchinson than he is, say, Joey Bosa mm-hmm. or Chase Young as a prospect, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm interested that they took him instead of like a, a Tyree or a Christian Gonzalez. They, they have so many needs, you know. Yeah, it's, I can see the like you've mocked it a couple times the Lions trading up to there, the, you know, the I Raiders, the Seattle, probably not. Um, Tennessee, like there's multiple. Te- I'd be surprised if one of those, they don't even need to get like win the draft trade value chart, like just trade back and fill some more holes. Yeah. Because you don't need to make that pick there. Yep. Um, all right. Then pick four. He is the Texans taking edge defender Tyree Wilson. Now, I know for. Actually, I can't say that on this podcast. Well, Anyways, there's a rumor out there that the Texans are one of the teams that has Wilson ahead of Anderson. So for them to pass Anderson at two, 
drop two spots and take Wilson makes perfect sense to me. So again, this is a, a situation where the Colts Texans trade makes sense on paper. I just don't see it happening because the in, interdivision stuff. Like, why would you give your rival a layup at quarterback like that? Yeah. But so far in this scenario, the Texans have added um, Tyree Wilson and DeForest Bunkner to the defensive line. That's that's a pretty good way to kickstart that. Yes, um, it is. Yeah, I mean, if in this scenario where they get more capital, if I'm the Texans, I whoever it is, they do like Levis, Richardson, whatever. They got to be looking to move back up from twelve if they think they need to 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 get some QB. Elsewhere. Which is the thought process I've been playing with in my I'm I've started working on my predictive mock for next week, and I have as of right now I have the Texans trading up back up from twelve to get Levis. So, but if they're trading back to four, that, that seems like a perfect chance to take Levis, right? So, like if their two guys were Bryce Young and Will Levis, and then yeah, it, and, yeah. Stroud, then it makes perfect sense at pick yeah. four and just take Will Levis and not risk losing him. Yeah, if you're comfortable taking him at twelve, might as well just take him at four or trading up to seven, eight, nine, whatever. Yep, just take him at four and make sure you get your guy. So here's the. The next big thing in this draft is pick five. The Seahawks are going Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. Now, obviously, Gino got the extension. I don't think that takes him out of the QB discussion. Um, no one's really mocking QB there, but I've, I for sure think they could go quarterback and at five or 20, at the, for that matter. Richardson, though, going at five tells me that the Texans don't, don't like him. Like, Schrager doesn't think the Texans like Richardson. Or the Seahawks feeling like they can stand pat at five and get him is interesting. The Lions sitting at six and letting him go one pick earlier is also interesting. And then he's got the, he doesn't have the Titans coming up for him, which has been rumored to be a thing for a minute. So, and he does have the Titans taking a quarterback though. So we're going to get pretty interesting discussion here in a second, but yeah, I just find this really fascinating that the Seahawks stand pat and get Richardson at five. Yeah, I could see the Seahawks moving back here. They they are they're a team that feels like they trade back every year in the first round or almost every year. So it would not shock me if some team wants a QB here more than they do Richardson. But it's not the worst fit in the world either because they do have Geno in place and Richardson can continue to grow, get more experience, whatever he needs to do to 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 reach his next level. Yeah. Pick six, uh, Detroit Lions selecting Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter. Obviously, this is a slam dunk for them. He's my number one player in the draft. They're getting him here at six. I want to talk too much about it because this has been mocked endlessly for the last month. But one thing I'll say is I think Detroit is a good barometer for how teams will end up feeling about Carter because they probably have one of the strictest front offices when it comes to off-field stuff. So if the Lions actually do make this pick, that gives me a lot of confidence that Carter – it's probably going to pan out because at least off the field wise, because they, they don't, they simply do not take risks in that department. Like they just don't do it. So yep. if the lions pass on him at six, that it goes the other way. If they pass him in at six, that tells me, cause he's, he's defensive tackles by far their biggest need on the roster. So to have a, a f- talent, you know, player match, and then you pass on the guy that tells me that there's some stuff there. That's pretty bad. And I think um, I would bet so, on Carter not painting out in the NFL if the Lions passed on him. 
So then for you, the the lines are kind of the linchpin to the whole how far Carter could go, because he's been pretty adamant and his agent, too. They're not they're not taking meetings with teams outside the top 10. I mean, if they pass through six, I mean, that's only a few more picks before they're outside the window that they're pretty sure he's going. So he's the linchpin from the standpoint of whether I'm willing to bet on his success or not. There's teams that are way more flimsy or risky than the Lions, like, for example, the Raiders, the next pick. The Bears at nine have have made some interesting selections over the years. Even the Eagles, they have the the you know culture and the winning track record to suggest that maybe he wouldn't be a, like they could probably foster that if there was some stuff. So I do know like it sounds like the both the Bears and the Eagles have told Carter he's not making it past them. So I do think that's yeah, probably he's not. The floor. Yeah. yeah, but if the Lions pass on him at six, I would say that there's enough in the background there that's scary. To not that I, I probably wouldn't bet on him working out. Um, Las Vegas at seven, Peter Skaronsky. This is obviously an easy, I mean, this is a, the most Patriots pick ever, so <laughs> it is what yeah. it is. And it's the Patriots West. Uh, I mean, even even the short arms thing, like the, the Patriots drafted Isaiah Wynn in the first round a couple of years ago, he was like six foot two tackle, you know, like, yeah, it's 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 even resembles that from afar. So, pick eight. Nolan Smith edge. This is what I've been hearing from uh, my sources, which I would say are pretty good sources there in Atlanta. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think eight to 10 is probably Smith's floor at this point. And I've been feeling that way since the combine. I'm not a big Nolan Smith guy. He doesn't have a first round grade for me, but I think, um, you know, when you're trying to find an explosive edge rusher, yeah, he's probably the most explosive guy in the class. Is there is there another edge that's even close to the Anderson uh, Tyree Wilson tier for you, or is it is it a clear separation from that point? I have Miles Murphy at like twelve or thirteen on my board. So it's pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. He's a, he's notably more raw than those two, though. Right. Like he's got a, a bigger developmental curve ahead of him, but the the physical traits are just as good. So. Yeah, but after that, yeah, there's probably a pretty big gap. Um, pick nine, Chicago, Christian Gonzalez. I actually don't think I've seen the Bears mock to corner so far. Me neither. Um, I love Gonzalez. I love Witherspoon, too. I don't know if I like this, though, for the Bears. I feel like tackle or wide receiver has got to be the – I mean, I've been saying this the entire process. Like, yeah, this almost feels to me like the disaster scenario for the Bears, the way that this has played out. Because, I, I mean, I've seen Skaronsky mock to them. I think that's a good pick for them. I've seen Jalen Carter mock to them. I think that's a good pick for them. But while, while Gonzalez is a very good player, I just it doesn't feel like a spot that they really need to worry about filling right away. Yeah, if I'm looking at my predictive that I'm working with right now, I have them taking, as of right now, which it's not out on the site yet, it will it will be out next Thursday, but I have them going with Darnell Wright at the moment. Yeah. The offensive tackle. So, um, yeah, I agree. This is the nightmare scenario. I think they, I think they should go tackle, though. Tackle or wide receiver. JSN would be a good pick here. Um, yeah, this build around just sometimes, sometimes when you're doing a mock and you're doing a predictive mock, even Schrager, who's pl- more plugged in than me, obviously, like you end up not knowing where to slot a guy, but you know he's going to go high. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. shoot, Gonzalez probably isn't going to go much higher than here, but I really like what I got at 10, 11, 12. 
not sure not sure how to move this around to make it work so you just throw him in a spot knowing he's probably going to go somewhere in that range you know and if you hit the team player fit then you do. i'm not saying that's what trigger did but that does happen when you're building out a mock so um all right pick 10 chris <laughs> oh you, you've promised me this won't happen but it's no, we can, just, we can move thing. on the eagles are not drafting Bijan robinson at 10 i don't know if our listeners know about joel dolan's uh commitment that if if the eagles do take Bijan and ted he said he's jumping off his roof and <laughs> it's not happening jumping off his roof into what into a i don't pool know or into the ground like i what? don't know but i'm confident that joe would not put his life at risk if he wasn't really sure oh man this is not happening i guarantee you schrager's next mock will not have the eagles taking Bijan at 10 it's just it's just not happening I mean, I tend to agree with you. I, nothing in Howie Roseman's resume of the last, what, 15 years, you know, even before he was GM, suggests that this is a pick they would yeah. make. So it's, at least not at 10. 31? I could see Roseman scooping up the value there. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is a top 10 player yeah, on the sure. board. We'll take him at 31. Sure. Um, yeah, that's fine. They just paid Hertz $255 million. They're not going to lock in a, a top he would immediately Bijan would immediately be like what a top five highest paid running back. I think at pick ten, that's where the break truly happens. I think it'd be closer like seven, eight, probably. But still, but still I mean, yeah, it's still, still a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not happening. All right, pick eleven. This is this is where things are getting wild, Chris. Yes, the Tennessee Titans, who have been rumored to be in on Anthony Richardson, are standing pat at eleven and selecting quarterback from the SEC. Next to the state of Kentucky, <laughs> Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker goes before Will Levis in this mock to the Tennessee Titans. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, is this just Schrager shooting from the hip here, or does he? Do you think he's got something on this? I mean, this feel like if Tennessee does want Hooker, I like. They have to trade back and take – I mean, I guess if you like him enough, you just take him at 11 and make sure you get him. But uh, I think we kind of got to talk about the net, uh, pick 12 with pick 11 because he's got Will Levis going to Texans at 12. Yeah. There is no way the Texans take the chance that Will Levis makes it past Tennessee I, at 11. I agree with that. Like even if it's a one-spot swap. Real quick, last thing on, on Hooker before we get to the the – breakdown of the two Schrager threw a line in his this mock that really perked my ears up he ends the 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 blurb on hooker by saying this might shock the world or by the time the draft arrives it might not be that big of a shock at all he's implying something there chris yeah he's definitely heard something yeah and now i was the first guy in the entire space to mock hooker in the first round but this we're talking top 10-ish? That's getting crazy to me. I, he, I, I love Hendon Hooker, but that's like, come on. This yeah, is getting wild. I mean, the, the fit and everything is fine. I mean, he doesn't. they yeah. don't have to worry about him playing right away. It, may, it makes sense. It's just, yeah, why, why would they take him at 11 is, the, uh, is definitely the question. Yep. So, you know, with that, he goes before Levis. I, I agree with your take that the Texans won't sit there and just pray pray to God Levis is there at 12. Yeah. They would take him at four in this scenario. But here's here's the thing I'll point out, though. 
my predictive mock I'm working on now, I have Houston taking Anderson at two, and then I have them taking Levis at 12. But the reason for that is I just don't predict trades in my mocks. Mm-hmm. So I'm because this mock gets entered to the the contest this year. The what's it called? The, the, huddle, huddle, report. the huddle report. Yeah, accuracy. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not going to waste my time predicting the trades. I'm just going to predict team player landing spots. I think yeah, I don't need the Texans some way somehow. I'm just assuming it will not be at twelve. But right. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I think Levis could get picked at twelve. I just don't think that with all the other QBs off the board yeah. and Hooker going at eleven. I mean. They'd have to have some really good intel on their division, another division rival for that matter. And if I'm Tennessee, I am making Houston think this is Levis all the way and yes, and get them to trade something for the one spot swap. Right. That that is that's a great point too. If this scenario did actually play out exactly like this, Tennessee would for sure move back to twelve. They they would figure that out. All right. So five quarterbacks in the top 12 in Peter Schrager's mock. That's the first, I think. That's the first, I believe. Correct. Um, real quickly, Jets select Broderick Jones, obviously player. Tackle, tackle seems like a lock at tackle Jets tackle. at this point. I've, I've, literally everyone is mocking them <laughs> offensive tackle. Um, pick 14, the Patriots go in Devin Witherspoon. Look, if the Lions don't draft Witherspoon, I think Patriots are probably the next best spot for him from a scheme perspective. They're going to play a lot of press man, but they're going to play some zone too. And Belichick likes those high instinct corners. So pick 15. This is an interesting one. Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Green Bay Packers. If this happens, Chris, I will be freaking furious. As a, <laughs> as a guy who's going to pull for the Lions, I do not want JSN landing on Green Bay in, in making life easy for Jordan Love there. This, this, this I mean, like seems like an awesome game. pick. Yeah. Yes. For the Packers. I, I get from a Lions perspective, <laughs> this is bad. Oh, no, a great pick for the Packers. And, like, when you talk about Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson, like, these are more big play. Like, Dubs is more of, like, a back shoulder, downfield possession type guy, and Christian Watson's, like, your explosive playmaker. Neither one of Watson or Dubs are probably high-volume guys. You get in JSN, now you have a high-volume dude who can dominate all three levels of the field. Man. <laughs> That's, that receiving core went from nothing to really, really freaking good quickly. And yeah, it's probably the best receiving core they've had since, like, what, Jordy Nelson? Uh, prime Nelson, Prime Cobb. Was it Adams or was it uh, yeah, Jennings? Yeah, rookie Adams. No, it was Rick. Yeah, young, young Adams with Prime Nelson, Prime Cobb. Yeah. That's – or you could go the other way with young Nelson, young Cobb, and Prime Jennings. Those three yeah. played together too, but – with some James Jones sprinkled in. Some James Jones, yes. Yeah, probably the best fourth receiver in the league when yeah. he was there, honestly. But yeah, this is this is ridiculous. Um, I, I'd be furious if this actually happens. I don't think Green Bay will do it, though. I think they'll do something stupid and go like Lucas Van Ness or something. Uh, pick 16, the Washington Commanders go Dalton Kincaid. We also mocked this in the staff mock, Graham Barfield. Now, I like the fit. I like like the the pass catching unit they would have i just think this is a gross decision for the the commanders they have so many needs corner offensive line i just uh linebacker even not that there's a linebacker here worth taking but this would be a disgusting decision for them though in my opinion yeah it feels like a luxury pick for a team that doesn't really deserve to be in a luxury pick situation Uh, like yeah like you said it's a good fit Uh, i do 
think it does seem like Kincaid is pretty much going to be the first tight end off the board at this point. Yep. I don't think it's a lock, but I, I feel like he's definitely mocked over Mayer much more often. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I'm, it's not the worst spot in the world. It's just, yeah, I'd rather them fill other spots. Yeah, and the thing is, people are getting lazy with it because they're like, oh, Eric Bieniemy had Travis Kelsey. He's going to mm-hmm. want that sweet tight end. Dude, Eric Bieniemy is going to be in Washington for all of five minutes. <laughs> Let's be honest. They're not They're not allowing Eric Bieniemy to make a pick. Like, head coaches don't even get to make some picks. So, yeah. Like, come yeah, on. yeah. Ron Rivera is going to get what he wants, I'm sure, over yes. what Bieniemy wants. Yes, unless maybe there's some backdoor Bieniemy's the Ron Rivera succession plan. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but... Even That's then, awesome. Ron, Ron's not putting up with what well, they're going to tell Ron. Ron, hey, you you know you've coached a very successful career. We got you to come back to coach for us. We just need you to sit here and pretend to be head coach while we let this other guy make the picks yeah. over. Here. Probably not happening. So. <laughs> uh, Steelers go Paris Johnson Jr. Ohio State tackle at seventeen. Uh, everyone's mocking tackle to them at this point to tackle or corner. Yeah, I am surprised in this mock Joey Porter Jr. was available to them at 17 and they passed that everyone's been, um, you know, kind of tackling that low hanging fruit pretty easily. I'm surprised they have Paris Johnson all the way at 17 for him. I feel like he's usually gone by this point, especially with no Darnell Wright. It's like I- I've seen Wright jumping ahead of him. You're right. And that's what's causing him to fall in some mocks. But here they just have Jones and Skaronsky. I guess the five QBs, though, in the top 12 probably mess some things up. Yes, and Bijan, that's another one that and, and can Kincaid. go anywhere. So and Kincaid, yeah. Five QBs, a tight end, and a running back. That's definitely not the typical mock model. So, Pick 18, you got Joey Porter Jr. going to the Lions. We've talked cornerbacks and Lions at nauseum. Porter's a great fit, obviously. Um, I like the pedigree he comes with. I don't really want to discuss that a whole lot, though. Pick 19, the Tampa Bay Bucks go Deontay Banks. Another super talented corner. Banks, I think, was my last guy out as far as first round grades go. So I think he's like 23 on my board. But when you talk about ceiling players, Chris, like he's probably has the highest ceiling of the corners in this class. I think he's the most physically talented, physically gifted player at yeah. corner. It's a team that needs needs to take some swings and and hit some ceiling with a pretty aging roster. They they kind of do have to do a reset. So I think it's a fine pick. Yeah, and ironically, my player comp for him was um Jamel Dean. So, yeah, and they have Jamal Dean already, but boom, uh, Seattle Seahawks at pick 20, taking Lucas Van Ness at edge. This is probably the best landing spot I can imagine for Van Ness other than the Packers maybe, but I like that it's pick 20 cause I don't, I'm not a Van Ness guy. I think he's in the late thirties on my board. So seeing him go like 20 makes a lot more sense than say 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Van Ness is a guy I've been surprised how often he is mocked in the top 10 or near the top 10. He feels like a, a round 20 or later pick in the first round. Yep. Uh, 21 chargers going Michael Mayer. Uh, this is f- super fantasy relevant, right? I mean, I absolutely love the fit though. I'm a little lower on Mayer from a stealing perspective, but man, I, I love the idea of getting Herbert a weapon. And, and I think they've, desperately needed a consistent presence at tight end since Herbert was there basically with pretty much every receiver on the board outside of uh JSN I I would prefer they go with a receiver that can give them a little more explosiveness than a tight end I they do need a tight end though so I mean it's not terrible but we've we just seen that often struggle to to really take off at times and, and be explosive so 
I think they could have done better with a receiver if they're going with a receiving option. Yeah, that's fair. Um, pick 22, Darnell Wright to the Ravens. Good God, this is like the most Ravens – like Wright – like there's probably three teams he makes a ton of sense for from like a culture scheme fit. Maybe four teams. Tennessee, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. So seeing Baltimore get him at 22, this seems like a, a steal to me. I, I Wright is my OT2 in the class. Um, and if you consider Skaronsky a guard, then he's my number one tackle in the class. So I, I love Wright. I love the tenacity he brings. He's nasty, and he's going to fit that run-heavy offense perfectly. Yeah, it's value-based drafting that we see from the Ravens. Yep. Unless they take um, a safety. I did say, like, Brian Branch wouldn't shock me here either. Well, no, I mean, last year they took a safety. I know, oh. and, I was, and I'm saying, like, they – because, I mean, Branch is a guy that usually does go later in drafts, but a lot of people think he's a much better player than where he's usually yeah. mocked. And I would not be shocked if they said, we'll figure it out, even though it, it Well, they not basically really. did make Hamilton a quarterback by the end right. of the year. Yeah. And, dude, could you imagine him and Branch together, all the things you could do? <laughs> Don't try to talk to Ravens into doing this. I actually love that. Go branch at 22. That would be disgusting, dude. Uh, it would, but it would also do nothing for them, really. It would be <laughs> such a low-impact move. It would be cool to see. but it would be cool to see. Football nerd perspective, it'd be freaking yeah. awesome. Um, but, yeah. Uh, 23, I love this. Wide receiver Jordan Addison from USC going to the Vikings. Uh, in So I went on John Hansen's Sirius XM show last week. He brought me on to talk best player team fits for fantasy. And the Vikings were my landing spot for Jordan Addison. So I think Addison has the the capability of being a super high volume guy. But ultimately, it's about protecting Justin Jefferson for me. It's like, let's get another guy in here who can run routes and get open. We can also manufacture and scheme touches too. So now you're giving that offense Hawkinson, Addison, Jefferson. If they're not going quarterback, which in this scenario, they don't get the opportunity to, then I think you you got to you know, prepare Kirk for his last, or I guess, hurrah with the Vikings. And I think Addison's a great way to do that. So here's my one fear with this pick is they like to use Jefferson in the slot a lot. Hawkinson Mm -hmm. gets split out a lot in the slot. Addison's a smaller guy and, and maybe not the quite fastest either. If he also wants to play in the slot. And then your other option is KJ Osborne, who is probably best in the slot as well. Is that, (laughs) Is that a lot of guys like like would a Quinton Johnson fit a little bit better just because you know he can play on the outside? I don't think Quinton Johnson and and Kirk would excel together. But if you're thinking like long term, that might not matter if Kirk's not going to be there past this year. I think Addison can play just fine on the outside, as can Jefferson. Yeah, Jefferson so definitely can. Yeah. Ultimately, what you're doing is just collecting a lot of guys that have a lot of alignment versatility. Okay, and I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, if like any one of those guys was slot only, that would be a problem, obviously. They also did drop a lot of money on a number two tight end in uh, Josh Oliver, right? So yes. presumably they're going to play a lot more 12 personnel. So I think you're taking Osborne off the field, which kind of reduces your, your I guess, pain there because you're not going to have a true slot receiver necessarily on those plays. But, yeah, I, I think Edison fits good. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking it through. I, I, yeah, I still think I like Addison there. Um, pick 24, Brian Branch, the Jaguars. At this point, it's just about value. Like, Branch is a really, really good player. Um, Jacksonville probably wants to get 
marginally better, and there's probably not a guy left on the board who gives them the impact Brian Branch does as a rookie. Yeah, I could see a guard maybe, like Osiris Torrance. Yeah. Torrance is getting mocked to them at like a 90% clip right now. Yeah, yeah. So. Do you see uh, – I, I forget whose mock it was now. I want to say it might have been Dane Brugos. He had Joe Tipman yep. going to them. And then I've seen John Michael Schmidt getting mocked there too because he can play center guard. Um, I, I like any of those players. So they're all the same, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they don't necessarily score as first-round picks for me, but at, you're at the point where that doesn't really matter. So, pick 25, New York Giants, Zay Flowers. You know, I had this I, – I mocked this myself early in the process. I just – I hate the fit. I hate it. Like, we just – we've got – this is so redundant to Wandell. It's redundant to Paris Campbell. It's redundant to Sterling Shepard. I just – I need – I need more dynamic there. I want. I'd rather have like Quinton Johnston here. If yeah, if Johnson's on the board and the Giants pass on him and take another receiver instead of Johnson, I, that feels like a, a a miss on their part. The only guy you could justify probably is Addison because he's such a good route runner. He's he's going to make life for Daniel Jones really easy with the amount of separation he generates. Zay Flowers is not really that guy yet. He's got to develop that route running game. So. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, Jameer Gibbs. Now, this is interesting because everyone mocks them. Bijan, Jameer Gibbs comes in. He's so redundant to Tony Pollard. He's like yeah. a he's like a better version of Pollard. Like, if you gave Pollard Captain America's Super Soldier Serum, he comes out as Jameer Gibbs. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think this is just to be a terrible pick for them. I was expecting a lot more energy from you saying that I don't I haven't seen Gibbs mocked in the first round yet. And to the Cowboys, no less, with what you said, like Pollard is is, yeah, it's pretty redundant. I, uh, yeah, this doesn't feel. I mean, who would you? I'd rather them take both tight ends are gone. A D tackle, Mozzie Smith, Kalijah Cansey. I'd like either of those yeah. guys here. Yep. Um, I, I take a tight end still, Dar- Darnell Washington. I'd rather have than Jameer Gibbs. Yep. Luke Musgrave. You know, I'm a big Musgrave guy. I don't. He's not necessarily a first round guy, but neither is Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> so. Um, what what about wide receiver? Yeah, Quinn, uh, so they trade for Brandon Cooks. You got CD and Gallup there. They're probably – I'd rather them use the capital elsewhere, but but I'm never opposed to adding more receivers. Osiris Torrance. DeJuan yeah, because they haven't really invested heavily in offensive line in, in a while. I mean, Zach Martin's still there. Uh, who was playing uh, Tyler Smith was moving it. So you play Tyler Smith, a tackle, and then you play Osiris Torrance or whatever guard at guard. Yep. Yeah. It gives them some options. Uh, 27 miles Murphy edge Clemson to the bills. This is like, this is the Murphy is exactly the kind of edge defender. They like Boogie Basham is very similar. Who's the other one that uh, AJ Epinesa. Very similar to Miles Murphy, except Murphy's more twitched up than both those guys by a lot. Who's the other one? They drafted another one. Um, the yeah, Russo, Gregory Russo. Yeah, Russo. All That's these guys are big, powerful, long edge defenders, and Murphy is that. Except he's also a freak athlete. So this is a this is probably the best pick of Schrager's mock as far as a value standpoint. Um, he's like a top twelve player for me. They're getting him at twenty seven. So, yep. Chase I, I chase like down it. those. Yeah, Mahomes and Burrow for AFC championships for the next while. Yep. Pick 28, the Cincinnati Bengals are going Darnell Washington here. Um, yeah, I've, yep. I've, I've, I've done this myself. 
Yeah, I mean, they you can get them an elite tight end, especially in run blocking and a guy that can grow into a passing weapon when you don't really need you don't really need the targets. You've got Boyd, Chase and Higgins. So you don't really need a tight end that can is going to like a Kincaid that, you know, makes sense to get five, tar- five, eight targets a game. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Like Washington isn't really probably going to be a high volume guy ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think he's got probably some untapped receiving potential if he's going to play at that 270 weight or even under, slightly under. What do you weigh at the combine? 265 or something? Yep. Yeah, or Sounds even right. under that. So, like, yeah, I mean, he played. He was playing above 280 in college. So if he's going to be at that weight, I think he does have some untapped receiving potential. But either way, he doesn't need to be a high-volume guy. You like that stretch zone, and he can be your, your in-line point of attack tight end on those stretch zone plays, you know, easily can reach edge defenders, get to the second level, do some work there. I think he he's probably the best like combo tight end to go in the first round because he lands in Cincinnati. They'll get the most out of him for sure. But then red zone prowess as well is going to help Burrow. Yep. So, all right, pick 29. This is the what pick of the first round. And I understand why Schrager did it. I'll get to that in a second. But they go with Ole Miss wide receiver Jonathan Mingo. He is notably a guy that I absolutely love. I've been pounding the table for him for a couple weeks now. Um, I even, like, I was on Ross Tucker's podcast last week discussing wide receivers at the end. So we went through my top five. At the end, he's like, all right, throw me one guy who's not in your top five that you think is going to make a splash right away. And I immediately brought up John Mingo. So huge Mingo guy. Have not seen him mocked in the first round yet. This is the first. What's your immediate reaction? I mean, I mean, Quentin Johnson's still on the board. It's hard to. It's hard to. I like. I don't. I don't know. I don't think you can like Mingo enough and feel that that is a good pick with Johnson still on the board. That that's probably my biggest holdup. I don't. I don't have a problem, especially at the back of the first round, taking a shot at a receiver that you feel you really like especially because i don't know do the saints even have their second round pick? yeah they do have their second round pick this year but it's it's late obviously so maybe they don't think he's going to be there when they come back around no they pick at 40 it's not that late actually oh that's right yeah that's right because this is not their original pick because the eagles have the original one (sighs) i don't know it feels it just feels like you're a lot you're asking mingo to do to be a lot by taking him here so I've mocked Rasheed Rice at the spot in a mock. I've ro- I've mocked Cedric Tillman here. So I think Schrager's uncovering an obvious truth, and that's that New Orleans wants to add to the receiver room. The problem is, is like you said, Quinton Johnson's on the board. In both my mocks, he was not on the board where I put a receiver here. So this is crazy. I love Mingo, but there's no world you can sell me as him as a better player than Quinton Johnson or as a better prospect. Right. Maybe in five years it pans out that Mingo is a better player, but as of right now, I'm betting on Quinton Johnston for sure. I just, I don't know. It, it, that that part makes it doesn't make any sense. It, it makes me wonder if Kansas City, like if maybe Schrager knows the Chiefs want Johnston, so he's just right. like I'm not putting him somewhere else because I think they're gonna make yeah. it happen no matter what. Yeah, trade up, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, but I do I do see Schrager's like. He, him and I clearly have the same thought process here, trying to find a receiver to go at 29. Um, I think the league's going to be lower on guys like Josh Downs than people think. I think they're going to Hyatt be- is also still on the board in this scenario. Yeah. I think the league could – I think the league will be split on Hyatt because you, you have to justify the the inflated production. And um, if you don't feel comfortable with that, then 
you're going to be lower on him. And so then you're into that tier. You're in like, you know, Cedric Tillman, Rasheed Rice, John Mingo, A.T. Perry. So really, it's just a pick your preference. But I think there is a chance we get a weird receiver at the end of the first round. Uh, yeah, no, I yeah, I don't hate that take at all. It's yeah, it's just the yeah. the way that this board is falling is is where it's like I, I just don't know. Yeah, have to remember like recent drafts. Jalen Rager was a first round pick. That he was pretty happen. projected to be first round pick by the time draft Plus time. Was, came I don't around. remember that. Yeah, <laughs> he was not by me. I'll just say that I think I had a third <laughs> round grade on him. So uh, no, he was he was not a shocker by the time draft time came around. He was not a shocker pick. Okay. Well, I remember being blown away. Like, what in the what? In, he went above Justin Jefferson. May that was, may have been what it was, it was that yeah, the tenth player on my board. Yeah, tenth overall, and I was just like, what is happening right now? Like, yeah. But this is just like that, really. Mingo going ahead of Johnston. Yep. Um, although I think Mingo is a better prospect than Rager was. <laughs> so, the last Don't year, John Dotson, <laughs> yeah. John Dotson went what sixteenth? He was yeah, not he... in the first round. Sometimes not he was. Sometimes not. Not, not yeah, not consistently though. But. There, all I'm saying is there, there's a track record for a receiver to surprise people. Dotson also went after every major receiver besides Burks, or was Burks off the board? The Burks too? went after went after Dotson. Yes, yeah. So every other receiver that was off the board, but yeah, you Garrett Wilson, Alave, London Wilson, Jamo, Alave, they were all gone. And yeah. Dotson, yeah. yep. Wild. All right, Philadelphia Eagles select Will McDonald the fourth. Um, I'm curious your take on this. I have a, a pretty firm take, but I want to hear yours first. I've seen this mocked a couple times. I, I doesn't really surprise me. I'd be shocked if the Eagles don't come out of the first round with one, without one O-line, D-line, p- probably the D-line particularly guy with one of these two picks. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think, I think he's a good, they're always going to add edge rushers and McDonald seems to be creeping up into the first round more and more in these mock drafts. Do you like Nolan Smith? Uh, I don't know if I love him at 10, but I like him, uh, you know, as a player. Ding, ding, ding. All right. You just, you just, that's exactly where my head is at. So Smith and McDonald are very similar players. They both resemble one Hassan Reddick's game. Smith is for sure a carbon copy of Reddick. I think McDonald is a little more. I think he uses length a little bit more in his pass rush game. But point being, they're very similar players, and I don't have first round grades in either of them. But I would much rather take Will McDonald at thirty than Nolan Smith at ten. Yeah. I think it's a huge win. So, um, a top ten, you don't get top ten picks very often, especially if coming off of uh, Super Bowl runs. You you need that that a top ten pick to be, you know, very little red flags. Yes. Yep. Um, Thirty one, the Chiefs go with TCU wide receiver Quinton Johnson. He finally comes off the board as the last pick of the first round. I've mocked this was my selection at pick thirty one in mock draft three point It makes perfect sense. Obviously, if he's there. <laughs> um. It feels I, I like a trade up scenario where you know Quint Johnson is falling into you know the twenties, late twenties, and and they leap the Saints or something like that. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Like I they don't could, know. they could probably j- jump to the Bengals. The Bengals could easily still draft Darnell Washington at thirty-one. Yes. You think? Ooh, you like Washington to the Chiefs? 
No, no, no. I'm saying it like how this could work out. The Chiefs trade with the Bengals at oh, 28. Yes. Draft Johnson. Bengals can then still take Washington at 31. Yes, I, I agree with you there. Or even like New Orleans. Like they could get Mingo at 31. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, if they if they're like out on Johnson and they say, well, you, you know, let's get some value and then and then we'll add the receiver we like at thirty one. Yeah, but yeah, Johnson I, from a skill set standpoint, I love what he brings to Kansas City. Big time playmaking, downfield threat, plus the yak stuff. And we know with the way teams have been playing Patrick Mahomes, they need receivers that can produce after the catch because um, they are trying to keep everything in front with the too high stuff. I mean, yeah, extreme versions of it too. So, like, I think yeah, look what they would go a long way. Look what they did when Tyree Kill was there. I mean, Hill was was a deep threat, but he also was. They loved to just get him the ball on dr- shallow drag routes and whatnot, and let him do yep. work after the catch. They tried to do that with Tony last year, and he just couldn't get on the field. Yep. Michael Hardman is gone. I mean, yeah, they're desperate for for guys that can do stuff after the catch right now. Also, Johnson brings the the added element of scramble drill. Um, he's used to playing with Max Duggan, who was not good and held the ball a lot and ran around like a, a crazy man. And Yes, and just threw uh, it up. Yeah, and Johnson's really good on scramble drills. So Mahomes kind of does a little bit of the same thing sometimes. I think him and, and Johnson could get on like a, a really good rapport early on on that scramble drill type stuff. So I think it'd be exciting. Johnson's like a an upgraded version of MVS in that offense to me. So, all right, that's it. Any closing thoughts, Chris? Any anyone excluded that surprises you? Uh, so yeah, we had Hyatt not in. Um, he's definitely the main one that sticks out. Uh, no, no guards. That feels unusual to me. I just feel like offensive line he tends to be val- you know valued pretty highly by teams, especially in the late picks for guards. No guards and a couple uh, good tackles left. Dewan Jones, Anton Harrison. So no no Osiris Torrance, no yeah. Anton Harrison, no Dewan Jones, no John Michael Schmidt, no Joe Tittman. There's a lot of good yeah. offensive linemen on the board. Yeah, and two running backs, two tight three tight ends. Three tight ends. Five quarterbacks. F- and five receivers. And, and yeah, five that's receivers. I mean, yeah, this is this is one of a kind so far in terms of mock drafts. So sure, far. for a draft everyone's been saying there's not like at skill players, there's not those dogs outside of Bijan. It's crazy to have that many of them go. Yes. But, all right. That's going to do it. Thank you guys for listening. I will be back tomorrow, hopefully with a, with a guest that's had to reschedule on me four different times. But if not, um, you know, I will figure something else out that is very cool. Anyways, thanks for checking us out. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.